And good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show for this week with Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Jeff Joniak here with you until 8 o'clock tonight. We're brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, Bears Director of Player Engagement, Soup Campbell, coming up at 7.30 tonight. Matt, welcome back home. Early morning arrival. What the heck time did you guys get in? Yeah, no, you know what? I think, Jeff, it was more like uh, like 5 or 5.30. And after a perplexing night in L.A., it could have been uh, hard to sleep anyway for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, it's, it was one of those ones um, – you know that you 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 wish didn't happen, but it did happen. So how you know what are you going to do about it, right? That's kind of the mentality that that we have, and uh, it stings, and it's not what you want. It was a um, good football team we played, but uh, that's why that's why there's a tomorrow, and that's why there's another week. So that's what we got to focus on. Yeah, the interesting thing, and Tom and I were talking about it after we we got off the air with you last night. You know, if two two teams are now five and two, they hold different news conferences, but it's a very different feel for both. But in the reality of it all. Because you wash it, it's on to the next week. You guys are both five and two with a fresh, clean slate to start week eight. That that's the optimist view, but it's also the reality. Yeah, it is. You know, and when you when you start going through, uh, when you have a game like this, and um, if when it feels this way, you also are aware of kind of uh, how this league goes, right? And the the it's cyclical in regards to how teams are, and all of a sudden, a team or two from last week. Uh, gets beat down pretty good, and then this following week they come back and they look like they're Super Bowl champs. And so what we need to do is, with us uh, yesterday having that that tough loss, how are we going to respond to that? You know. And so here we go into Week Eight with a five and two record, and uh, you know we got to use this as fuel now to get us going against the Saints. The undercurrent is while all three phases had its issues last night, the offense has failed to yet put together that complete game that everybody's going to be happy about and you'll be happy about from the little things to the big things where, where is it at on that is it more little things or is it a combination of a few big things as well what is your view on it after you watch the tape again yeah I would just say um you're right you know there's been that that frustration with the offense when you're you know you just you're not scoring touchdowns you're not scoring points and um just just uh some some penalties when we shouldn't have them and just uh unsuccessful tries in in the red zone and and not coming up with points so we have to tie that up and get that better and get that tighter um i'm i'm fully committed and understanding with our players and coaches that they're going to do that uh we're, we're you know this group right here when challenged um has stepped up and i think they've shown that so as an offense uh we are hungry to get this thing right and it's our job to do that. With every passing day together with this new collection of coaches that started here in the offseason with you, uh, is your communication focus continued to get narrower and narrower to what you guys know you can do and what you can't do? Yeah, it does. And, and um, we communicate a lot in regards to that. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it for two years now, this being our third year, is just trying to figure out that identity. We thought early on with those three games, those first three games that we had, uh, we were getting the ball going in the run game, and and then we struggled for two weeks, and and now the last two weeks, now it's been four weeks where the run game has really struggled. Um, that's real. So what what do we do? You know, schematically, what do we do execution wise? Um, well, we communicate, and we figure out the whys, and uh, you know, it does take one game, and I know that the patience is is usually not there for all of us, but. It does take one game. Sometimes it's one play. That's why I really was hoping we'd hit that 95-yard touchdown pass yesterday because I felt like it just takes one play to where it hits. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you, you never look back. 
And that's what we got to get to that point right now on offense. Yeah, for those who, who may not know what Matt's talking about, the, the stutter go um, sprint down the field by the rookie Darnell Mooney, and uh, he beat his man, and he beat Jalen Ramsey. It's it's not just some cornerback out there that's new to the game. This is one of the premier defenders in football uh, and beat him just a, a tick off. But as players, too, how do you make sure, because clearly you're frustrated. Um, there's no way you can't be. And how do you make sure they don't get frustrated with those near misses like, ah, we just – we just keep doing this. Yeah. Well, speaking as an offense, um, it's just time for it's time for all of us to just you know really tighten it up, and you have to. You don't have a choice. So whatever that we talk about when you're one on one battles, um, we can't talk about it. We got to do it, and we got to come together, and we got to make big plays at big times. And um, when you do that, it helps out the defense. It helps out the special teams, and. You understand that um, when we when you are a team that has three three phases that's playing at, at you know at a high level at the same time, we're going to be really tough to beat. We just haven't done that yet, and that's where okay, we we going into week eight against another really good football team in the Saints. Um, we're going to have to make sure that we're doing everything we can uh, to, to to be in that battle. There's an assumption that as you go through a season that you don't have these heart to heart conversations or the looks in the mirror with yourself, your coaches, your players, but it does happen every day in the National Football League. It has to because the league is constantly evolving by the minute, let alone week to week. So is it hard for you sometimes? And I know at your news conference earlier this afternoon, they're asking you about, you know, are you looking at yourself? Are you looking at Matt, the play caller, as opposed to just the head coach? Are those hard questions for you to hear or even hard questions even bring up with yourself? No, they're not, eh? because you understand that when you're when you're in a big struggle like this, um, you have to realize uh, that you know everything is available, and and that that's what we we look at that too. You know, it's not like we're being stubborn or I'm being stubborn in any way, uh, shape or fashion. I mean, um, when you're struggling as an offense, uh, it's about figuring out solutions. It's about staying positive, and what are those solutions? And if it's a if it's a glaring weakness, um, or if it's something where um, we feel like we need to make a change somewhere, then I, prom- I promise you we'll do that. Uh, and, and that's, but in the competitor in you and in me um, realizes that, Hey, uh, we got to fight whatever that is. We're going to do it together. And uh, we, there's no, there's no sulking. Um, we got to make sure that we, uh, we just stay on our details. We communicate and we play hard. Join the Chicago Bears Crib Club, brought to you by PNC for access to exclusive content and sweepstakes geared for the youngest Bears fans. Visit chicagobears.com slash crib club. The Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipley.com with Bears head coach Matt Nagy, Jeff Joniak. Uh, you know, you mentioned last night, you know, and after the heat of the battle, right after the, the, the locker room and talking to the media and with us on, on WBBM, when you've gone through some tough things and you said you haven't been anything through like this, and I'm assuming just you're looking more at the offensive uh, inefficiency and inability to score, but when you've gone through tough patches in your career with teams at any level, what are you drawn to work out of these slumps? Like what, what has happened that gives you confidence that you and your coaches and your players are going to collectively figure this out? Um, I would say probably the biggest thing, and I, I learned this uh, our one season in Kansas City, we, we had lost uh, five games in a row. And, you know, usually in those, in those moments, you start just like people start talking now and you start thinking about the word change. Right. And you start getting it. And, um, 
I had a, I had a pretty good conversation with a Hall of Fame quarterback recently that talked about one of the best things that that he had um, as as a player in his career was no change in regards to practice habits in regards to um, the message from the head coach um, because when when you change sometimes to to everybody it seems like you're searching for answers and really when it comes down to it it's just about doing the little things the right way. And, and sticking to what you know works and, and staying, you know, what I like to say a lot is persistence over resistance. And so right now there's some resistance. And so are we going to stay persistent? Are we going to continue to fight through this and do it together, stay positive, figure out one by one where we're at, and then figure out as a team too, because that's probably bigger than anything is when, when you have one side of the ball that's struggling, like we are on offense, um, the message to the team in the locker room was, hey, you know, you can go two different directions here. There's that fork in the road. You can start pointing fingers. You can start blaming. You can start being a me guy. You can start being a negative Nelly. You can start being selfish. Um, or you can figure out the solution, do your, do your darn job, and try to get better. We're 5-2. and two. Um, We've built this 5-2 and two record in, in, in a hard way we have, and it hasn't been pretty. But I will say this it doesn't matter. We're five and two. And so now what are we going to do moving forward? And is that going to callous us down the road? And is it going to callous us for this coming week versus the saints? Um, and, and I feel like with the character of people that we have in this locker room, the character of coaches that we have, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll pull through this. You make a great point because the worst thing you can do as a leader is be wishy-washy because you've now created Swiss cheese. And I know a lot of people also on the other side of the fence say, if you do the same thing over and over and over again, that's the definition of insanity. Right. Uh, however, in pro football, uh, y- you sometimes got to work through the issues, the mistakes, the little things, the nuances, and-, and that's, to me, just the way the sport is. It's not like every other sport. You're right, and and there is a balance because to the people that are on the other side with the definition of insanity, they're, they're, they're correct as well, and so they're, both sides are right. It's just a matter of that balance of, of how does – how does that get balanced and what is the insanity and what is um, the persistence over resistance type deals. So um, the one way to to cure that is to, in in speaking to the offensive terms is to have more rhythm is to score more touchdowns. And then inevitably in the end is to, to win the football game, which, which gets you right back on track. So just as there's teams in this league that you lose a game one week or you lose a couple games in a row, next thing you know, um, you win four in a row and you feel, it feels totally different. You say, remember that, remember how we felt two weeks ago and think about how we feel now or vice versa. Right. And so that's where um, I feel like the character of your people in the building really, really, really have a lot of influence in, in how you respond to adversity. You know, one of your strengths in my opinion is, you know, you take temperatures, you take the temperature of the team, you take individually, collectively, whatnot. What's the temperature? I mean, is, is there some anger and then how do you channel it? Is there, can you see their frustration? How, how would you take that temperature? I would say the temperature of the team right now is good. Uh, we understand after last night's game that that's not who we are. We know we can play better. So that's the temperature of the team. Um, you could certainly feel yesterday. You're, you're not human if you didn't feel frustration yesterday uh, on, on offense, the way things were going. It was just, even when you get close, you get down in the red zone or you get momentum going all of a sudden, it's something that deflates you a little bit. But you get, we got to use that now to, to be able to better ourselves. So the temperature of our team right now uh, is, listen, we're, we're, five, we're five and two, and we understand that um, we, 
we're in a good place, but now we got to react to it. We got to react to a, to a game that we played the way we didn't want to. And uh, it's not just one person. So what are we going to do now? You know, that's up to us. And honestly, it is collective. Yeah, it is. And our, I think our guys, they're, they're accepting that, you know. And, and the beauty of our defense is, like you said, is uh, they, they want to be the best defense in the NFL. And so if, if there's some errors that we have here or there, they get frustrated with that as well. So, But one of the things I think is very, very important for everyone to understand is, is that when you go through these times that we went through in that game last night with that sideline amongst – the offense and defense when it can be one-sided like that, where the defense, you know, is, is holding them point-wise down until it gets, you know, feel, the field position yesterday was just, it was difficult. I think we have five drives inside the 10-yard line. That's another one that I'm not sure I've ever had happen uh, in, in my career. Join Bears Care and Advocate Healthcare in raising funds for programs supporting Chicago-area breast cancer patients and their families. Purchase your real Bears fans wear a pink shirt at chicagobears.com slash pink. Bears head coach Matt Nagy. What were you thinking about on the plane? What was going through your mind? Yeah, well, initially when you get on there, you know, everything, you, you want to go through the game right away. So we were, I was able to, to get through the game and watch, watch the, uh, the game both sides and go through that. And then before you know it, Jeff, it's, it's, uh, you, you lose so much time here with today being a, a Wednesday. We're, we're installing our game plan that you, you head right to the Saints. So you go. So I was just watching the Saints on the plane, plane ride back, and then, then you land and it's back to the office and you're rolling. So um, there's, there's not a lot of, a short week like that in the flight there's uh doesn't give you a lot of time to fall. You know, Nick was I think 14 of his first 14 on first down last night. But then as the downs progressively went uh in a different direction it wasn't as efficient. Um and you're you're facing a really good third down defense. What is the the teaching point here and and the and the hook? First of all, try to eliminate as many third downs as you can and then when you do get to them you, you, you know, you want to try to keep them six to five or less. Now, I, I know even last night uh, there was a few in there that we missed in that, in that range. But to be able to stay in a manageable third down, your percentages are going to increase drastically um, against any defense that, that's ranked in the top whatever uh, on third down. But um, they give you a bunch of different looks. You know, they'll do different things with their fronts and with their linebackers, and they'll try to, you know, trick you. So we're going to have to be really efficient in regards to our vision and and, um, and and being ready for any unscouted looks. Um, what is your level of concern on Cody Whitehair's calf injury? Yeah, I, I don't know. I would say uh, for him, you know, I think he's a he's a tough guy, and and I know he's going to try to do everything he can to get ready. But we'll just have to kind of see here as we move forward this week as to the magnitude of it, where he's at, and if he's going to be able to go or not. Sam Mustafer, obviously, yeah, he got in there and played. James Daniels, he's out. That's that's a center right there too, and. You know, it's not easy to try and figure out if you'd lose somebody of that nature at a very critical position. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's it's uh, with the COVID now the way it goes, and just everybody. Uh, if you're a close contact, et cetera, I mean, it can it can knock you out. So we have to be really cautious with that. And again, uh, a guy like Sam, uh, if if given the opportunity to be the next guy up, then he'll he'll do that. You know, he's worked extremely hard at this to get to this point. And, um, you know, I, 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 I just know that if it does come down to that and he has to come in and play, you saw it yesterday, he's going to come in and give it everything he has. All right, let's look at uh, the Saints real quick here. Uh, Drew Brees obviously is where you begin and end the conversation. He'll, he'll take what the defense gives you. He's not going to – I mean, he play without his two top receivers and still manage to, to complete most of his passes and get a win. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And uh, 
it's crazy to think about because we're we're literally the same age. You know, I think he's forty two. So I didn't yeah, even think of that till right now. To, to the month, so so to be thinking he's still playing, but he's taking uh, great care of his body and his mind, and he knows where the ball's at. And obviously, I get stories from Jimmy Graham all the time from when he was with him, and uh, and then with, with Ryan and and Ryan Pace and these guys that take in. They've all been, you know, they've been yeah. there. They've been. So um, they know what type of player he is, and he's gonna, you're always going to be in the game with Drew Brees, and, and I think that defense is playing well too. Yeah, do, do you have a story that Jimmy that uh, that that you could share that, that uh, top of mind about Drew Brees? Probably, probably just the biggest, you know, one of the ones in general that he talked about was I think Jimmy's rookie year. Um, you know, Jimmy ran a route a little bit off; it wasn't the perfect route, and Drew threw it to a spot, and Jimmy wasn't at that spot. And it ended up being uh, an interception. And I think Drew might have got after Jimmy a little bit and told him, listen, here, you rookie, you, you run to that spot. I'm throwing to a spot. You better be there. That's a trust that, I, that I'm going to have with you. And from that day on, Jimmy always understood that, hey, I better be in that spot that he wants me at. And he's throwing to a spot. And it's about trust. What do you think of Alvin Kamara? Yeah, he's special. I mean, he's such a talented back that can do everything. I mean, they they get him the ball. They they target him different ways, whether it's in the screen game, whether it's out of the backfield, whether it's a handoff. He can break tackles. He's got speed. He's got great, great hands, great vision. So he's um, he's a big-time weapon for them, and uh, we're going to have to make sure we have a good game plan for him. All right, defensively, here again, another front that plays well against the run. I mean, this is now, by my count, this would be five out of the top eight run defenses and yards per carry allowed that you will have faced now in the first, what will be eight weeks of the season. So uh, you're being tested significantly by these fronts. Yeah, we are. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Jeff, when you watch these guys on defense, that, that just like you said, that front, I mean, they, they are a swarming front. They, they fly around. They play fast. They play vicious. Um, you feel them. So like you just said, week by week, that's not going to change. It is what it is. So we, we have to make sure that we gear ourselves up ready. And, uh, you know, you really shouldn't want it any other way. All right, Matt, we'll let you go. you got a lot to do. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, appreciate it, Jeff. See you. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipfley CPAs and Consultants. Bears Director of Player Engagement, Lamar Soup Campbell, one of my favorite guys up at Hallisock. Good to talk to you. Good to see you, Lamar. How you holding up? I'm good, Jeff. How are you and the family doing? Doing doing fine, doing fine. Uh, let's talk about last night real quick with the fellas. Uh, that's a long trip back after a loss. Uh, are these things that when you're at Hallis Hall, when you see the players uh, starting tomorrow again, that kind of act uh, a little bit as counselor and uh, psychiatrist a little bit, huh? Get guys through some things. Yeah, you, d- you definitely do. Obviously, uh, the, the magnitude of that game, Monday Night Football, where we were in the season, you know, obviously one game doesn't make or break the season, but having the right mindset after that game and going to it next week, especially with a opponent like New Orleans, is really important for us to have the right frame of mind for success going into Sunday. Yeah, this team has shown a lot of heart and resiliency over the course of the season. So, you know, there's a lot of paved road ahead. Matt, uh, Matt said it. Nick Foles said it after the game yesterday. So, you know, these things are uh, part of the process of getting better and, and playing that full game, with, which is yet to happen this year. And, you know, from your time as a player, do you draw on some of your own experiences? Yeah, I mean, some uh, Bears fans might not know I played for the Lions, so we had some rough years in Detroit. So I, I was very familiar with some of these, uh, with some of these tough games and some of those losses, right? But that's where pride comes into play, right? The character you build a roster on character, you build a roster on pride. You look for guys that are leaders, and these are the times when those in, 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 intangible qualities need to show up for us to come out and have a great game on Sunday. Hey, what kind of role are you playing with 
uh, practice squad guy, especially this year, uh, adjusting to not playing games. And it's it's a very different environment. It's a constantly changing situation, minute to minute, because of COVID protocols and and so forth. But from from guys that are working out to potentially being, you know, ready to come in. I mean, is this a big job for you as well? Yeah, I mean, I, it's actually a big opportunity as well. You look at some of the young men, and, and I think first off, it's a mentality and a psychological component to it. Um, I've never called it the practice squad. I always call it the developmental squad. Uh, the guys know I've, I've never used practice squad because we're here to develop you. You're not here just to practice. So I think setting that tone of development uh, puts them in the right frame of mind to be able, when their name and number is called, to be able to help us out on Sunday. So for my developmental guys that have been on there, for the Rashad Cowers that I Isaiah Irvin that, that used to be with us. You know, a lot of those guys, putting them in the right frame of mind to make sure that when their number is called, they are ready to go. Uh, with the COVID involvement, you know, these guys are really adaptable, right? We had to do all of our rookie programming online, on Zoom, and then you do your best. A lot of rookie programming was really getting to know them, understanding their why, what they wanted to accomplish. And whether it's in person or online, when you build those type of relationships of what drives them and what they need, once we had a chance to get in person, it was easy to push them in that direction. And understanding that, especially with COVID, it's not just an injury that may bring you up to the uh, active roster. It's also uh, someone testing positive for COVID. So make sure they're always ready and preparing like starters. Every week is important for me and my staff. Hey, Lamar, you raise a great point. Great, great point. And you attend NFL meetings for your particular aspect of things, right? I mean, you guys talk. Every team has a person in your role. Um, have you ever raised the idea to the, the front office of the National Football League and, and, the, and the committees Call it the developmental uh, squad as opposed to the practice squad. It's a great no, point. Not an institutional knowledge I keep at nineteen twenty Hollis Hall. <laughs> Just a little uh, advantage psychologically for my guys, but my guys know how I feel about that. We talk about that day one, um, and just the word like words matter in any conversation yeah. that you have. You're telling a guy every day your your practice squad. In his mind, is like, all right, I'm here to practice. But when you tell him that you're on a developmental squad, I'm, I'm here to develop you to make sure that you're going to be able to contribute to us as a uh, member of the Chicago Bears. I think that just puts him in the right mindset to move forward and take it a little bit more ser- seriously. Has it ever come back to you and saying player really appreciated that? Yes, yes, a couple yeah. of times it has. It just puts you in the right frame frame of mind because a lot of times we speak to them about not being complacency. You know, complacency can sit in when – you just feel like you're here for practice and you're never going to get in and you're just happy where you are. Whereas this helps us to challenge them every week to get better. You know, Wednesdays and Thursdays are work days. How hard are you going to push the offense? How hard are you going to push the defense? All of those things are on tape. And, you know, you move forward with that type of mindset and coaches one day will say, Hey, this guy, the type of effort he's putting in on the developmental squad, getting our starters ready. He deserves to have a Jersey on Sunday. And hopefully that comes to fruition for all of my guys on the developmental squad one day. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 11.05 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. Back on the Bears Coaches Show with Lamar Soup Campbell, the Bears Player Engagement Director. And, uh, Lamar, let, let's talk about some of the, uh, the the topics of the day right now. We're a week out from uh, the vote, and I know the voter registration uh, idea has been really prominent throughout almost every sport, every college. It's really taken on a different life this year in particular. Your role in it and how you've uh, managed that uh, for the Chicago Bears here in 2020. 
you know, the, being able to navigate the importance of, you know, coming in to play football. Obviously, we didn't have our OTAs. We didn't have offseason. So um, just like in any organization, you're only as good as the people around you. So my assistant, Erica Marmalejo, we talked about it when she was initially hired on July 1st on what we can do to impact the voting initiative of our players and decided that when they check in for their physicals, that this would be a place where we could actually register them to vote. You know, they're just coming in for physicals. Um, and so we thought it would have that time to be monumental to not only take away from football, but also help them uh, realize their civil right to register to vote and take advantage of that. What do you think of the role and being an athlete yourself, you know, for professional and collegiate athletes, <laughs> because there's a lot, a lot of parents out there listening to the show with their own kids at colleges, uh, including the Bears, you know, are having for this election in particular? Right. Well, I think for one thing, for the athletes that you see speaking out, um, you know, it's always been shut up and play or shut up and play football or, or shut up and dribble. But when you look at it from the perspective of what we look at, uh, when I was recruiting for Wisconsin, as we're here in Chicago Bears, you look for character, right? You look for integrity. You look for leadership. You look for people that understand and can change a culture. So for me, it actually makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you want athletes at the center of talking civics, of talking what's right in the community, of talking about what's right in their world, because that's our natural attribute. So I, I believe it, it would be somewhat selfish to, to leave that just to the sports uh, world as far as in the locker room or on the field. Why not bring those things outside of the sports world, those intangibles that help those guys be successful in the locker room? I think they can help change some lives outside the locker room in their civic duty as well. Uh, it seems like the defensive backs were, were keenly interested in this. They cut a bunch of videos for uh, ChicagoBears.com and other social platforms. Uh, did they come to you or did you spawn the idea with them? Uh, it was more of a mutual. I think all the position groups wanted to do something to impact. One of the things that defensive backs with uh, Coach Deshae Townsend wanted to do was really impact uh, voting initiatives and exercising your right to vote. You know, it's it's a civic duty that a lot of my players, a lot of my, my black players have nowhere uh, further to go than in their home to talk to people that didn't have the right to vote, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So really hits home with them. And if there's ex- exercising that right, understanding the history, of what it took to get that legislation passed and understanding that there was a time where we could not do that. So exercising that right, I think, spoke hugely to them. And I think they really got behind it. That's something that they're extremely passionate about, as well as the rest of the Bears organization, top to bottom. And Juan Castillo cutting some PSAs, uh, Spanish language, the offensive line coach, a huge fan base right there. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's everyone's civic duties. You know, I have players from – all over the all over the country, right? I I can't live in a bubble because I speak to players that have different backgrounds, where they came up at, what their political affiliations are, right? So understand this is a universal right that all of the, no matter what your background, no matter what your party affiliation is, you have a right to vote. And I think all the players understand that and support each other. Uh, rock the vote on social media and web campaigns. How has it been received from what you're hearing? It's been, it's been phenomenal. It's been, it's been phenomenal. I, I really think we're at a, a tipping point and, 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 and a page where you will start to see more athletes becoming uh, politically responsible um, with, their, with their platforms. Before they were athletes, before we saw them on college on Saturday, before we saw them on, in the NFL, they were members of their community. And I think through this process, the best thing that has happened is we've been able to educate them on what it means to vote whether it's your local election, whether it's your state election, whether it's the national election, and how those things impact them individually. When I first got here four years ago, I had a lot of single 
single men in my locker room, right? Now I have, now those men are now fathers. Now those men are now married. So they grow and they've learned that their responsibilities and the decisions that they make by going to the ballot box will eventually affect their family and their children for years to come. It's more than symbolism, but the offices are closed next Tuesday. And uh, that, that is an important uh, attraction uh, for everyone to see. What do you, what do you, what do you feel about that? You know, in terms of making that decision? No, I think it's important. I think having the support of uh, Coach Nagy and, and George McCaskey and, uh, and Ted and Ted Phillips, you know, to be able to close the office to understand and make that statement that this is a day, um, and I'm in a camp that it should be a national holiday. You should be able to have that day off. I will firmly stand in that camp. But for them to support us uh, to be able to do that just really shows the up to top to the bottom support that we have, not only in the locker room, but from the front office man- management as well with Ryan and Matt as well. Back on the Bears Coaches Show, Jeff Joniak with Lamar Soup Campbell, the Bears Player Engagement Director, as we wind down our show tonight. Let's let's tackle a couple of different topics. One, injured players. I, I've always felt uh, it's a lonely journey for them when, when they're having season-ending uh, surgeries that really remove them from the day-to-day family experience, and then you throw COVID and the protocols on top of it. So I look at a guy with a boundless energy of a Tariq Cohen. How's he handling it? with his first serious injury of his life. I mean, if you know Therese's personality, you know he's handling it with a smile. Um, he's, he's, he's approaching it the best way that he can, you know, rehab himself. Uh, looking forward to having him back in the building soon. We miss his energy. We miss his personality. But as someone in my role of engagement, you know, it's always difficult to get these guys to kind of slow down, look at the big picture, look at life outside of football, kind of see how things may be. So as much as you never want to have a guy on IR, you never want to see a guy injured, it opens the opportunity for conversations about life, about where you want to go, about what life is going to be like once you finally, you know, hang the helmet up. And I think looking at it that way from that opportunity standpoint is not only do you you give them another zest, but hopefully mentally it puts them in a position where when they come back to play football, it's not about football anymore. It's also about football and also understanding where football can take you if you understand where you want to go when you hang your helmet up. If this Is this more than ever before you making sure you have great communication with Coach Nagy and Ryan Pace, your general manager, based on everything, the wide range of situations and moments that have occurred from the time the offseason started to where we're at right now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Jeff, with you being an insider, you know how hectic a a football week can be, you know, getting prepared for the game. Coach Nagy's big on his X's and O's. Ryan's always in the process of trying to get us better and looking at the best plan for us moving forward. So the fact that Coach Nagy and Ryan makes time for me to sit down and talk about these things, to understand that we're on the same page as far as what's going on, it's just monumental. I know it's not like that everywhere, but I'm definitely in a privileged position to have a leadership like that, to be able to have those open and honest conversations. This is an adaptation that is unique because this has never, ever happened before. Right, right. And and unfortunately, um, it's a litmus test, right? What do we do? What are best practices? You know, every day is a best practice test, right? And you hear Ryan mention obsessed. You, miss, you hear Coach Nagy mention obsessed, right? We have to seize these moments. And rather than being on the defensive of what these obstacles present to us every day, it's about being on the offensive, planning two or three months ahead, two or three weeks ahead. What can happen? How do we handle that? So along with the training staff, Andre Tucker, John Tarpey, our security staff, everyone's played a part in our evolution of how we've handled COVID. And I'm really proud of the way that we've done that. Keep hanging in there. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Lamar Soup Campbell.
Awesome, Jeff. Miss you around the building. Talk soon. Likewise. That's a wrap on tonight's Bears Coaches Show. I want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, Andy Gersher, and Keith Johnson, and most of all, for you for listening. Bears Saints with our pregame at noon kickoff 325. For Bears head coach Matt Nagy and director of player engagement, Lamar Soup Campbell, I'm Jeff Joniak. Have a pleasant good evening. This is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. Good night, everybody.